Vault Studio, this is the NFL Podcast, proudly presented by U.S. Sports Media. Here are your hosts. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's me, J.A., everyone here on the live camera. Great to see you. Joined, as usual, in the vault yep. by my main man, Back from Vietnam, yep. Dan, the Canadian Stewart. I'm just so glad that my annual leave got approved. Yes, uh, but I'm I'm very happy to be back. Uh, I was hoping to buy like a hilarious New York Raiders jersey <laughs> in Vietnam, but the, all the jerseys are just normal. There was no mistakes, nothing wrong. It was very disappointing. Commercialism. I know globalization. It's, it's the world we live in now. Yeah, uh, inflation. Yep. Does that yep. work? Yep. Recession. Uh, ever since the GFC, fake shitty. Fake shit's gone. It's gone. Everyone's just getting shit right. Yep. Thanks to the internet. Legit. Thanks to streamers like us cool cats. Yep. We're, we're out here streaming now. Now, everyone, you'll, you'll notice a little bit of a new intro. Uh, not the music, but I'm not giving you, telling you again what you're here to listen. If you listen to that intro, you'll be able to hear it. Um, big show tonight. We've got, a, a, as usual, we think two days ago, oh, there's not that much news. What are we going to talk about? And then boom, 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 boom. Richie Incognito loses his mind again. Uh, we've got an apology to make, which is actually going to be heartfelt because we both yes, feel pretty bad about it. We do feel bad. We feel pretty bad about yep. it. Um, we've got hard knocks talk or get hard talk, as we like to call it. Yep. Um, and then we've got James Doino on. It is on tonight from Bleed Big Blue. If anyone hasn't heard his podcast or his radio show, this guy is brutal and he has got some great insights into the New York Giants. It's all about the New York Giants. So if you're a New York Giant fan, share this around. Everyone, share this around. Share it to all your friends. Get as many people on viewing. Guys, ask questions. We want this to be um, interactive. We want to answer your questions as we go. Um, Dan, anything else before we hit the newsroom? Uh, Nothing at this point. Let's do it. It's time to go into the newsroom on the Vault NFL Podcast. Well, our first story, bit of a announcement slash uh, studio announcement. Yep. The Cleveland Browns are going to be the Hard Knocks team this year. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it'll be great. We're going to see how much of a douchebag Baker Mayfield is very early. Well, I mean, that'll be exciting. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of fun things to look at with that. You got Baker Mayfield versus Tyrod. Tyrod came out and said he's not worried about it. They brought him in to win games. He's just there to win games. He's not worried about it. He'll fight for the job if he has to. And you know that's that's how it is. I mean, he's been in the league long enough to know that's just how it goes. Mayfield will have to be pretty impressive to get a starting job early. Yes, I agree. To take a job from Tyrod Taylor, like whether he's a terrific, like he's probably what middle of the range for quarterbacks. Yep. Um. But he's a pro. He's been around for eight or nine years now. He knows how the systems work. He knows offenses. He gets the he gets the speed of the game. Yep. Um, I'd be shocked if Mayfield starts over him early. If if he plays poorly early, then he'll take over. But he'd have to be very impressive to take a starting job. Yep. No. Uh, how excited are we? There's a few good characters. You've got uh, Hugh Jackson. This will be his second. He was on Cincinnati. Yes, he was on um, Cincinnati. Also um, on the hot seat to get fired. So interested to see. He's the hot favorite to be the first guy on this year. Yeah. Well, you know, it's at the end of the day, like the organization's done a lot of terrible things, but kind of keeping a guy on after they go on 16 kind of shows a little faith in him. Eh. But. You know, we'll see. Um, I'm not looking forward to watching Greg Williams' smug face on screen. Oh, he—that is the perfect way to describe him. He is so smug. 
Yeah. You must like him though, because he never did anything wrong to any of your quarterbacks or anything like no, that. No, he ne- he he never did anything wrong to us at all. There was n- there was never any allegations of paying players to injure people or anything like that. So no, 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 no. He's never done anything like that. Never got Sean, Sean Payton suspended for an entire year. No. Uh, although I think Sean Payton might have known what was going on. You would think so. I'm just looking at our uh, live stream, and we didn't highlight our new fancy memorabilia shelf. It's fancy. So shout out to uh, Brick Willington. Brick for Willington. Lending us his, his nice helmets. We've got a ball, a couple of balls. Looks very professional. Um, as yeah. you can also tell, we might not be able to. We've got carpet now. Yes, there's carpet. So you won't hear the chairs rolling around. Yeah. And uh, the first of many good things to come on the live stream, there's a little logo just over logo. there. Just the a little vault. logo. The vault. That's where you are. That's the first of the, we've got the software to do all sorts of crazy things, you know, rolling stuff. We can do animations, all sorts of stuff. Um, that's what we can do at the moment. So we're, we'll, we'll work out the kinks on the rest our, of it. Our goal is to add one thing per week. So yes. by 2027, we'll have a terrific video podcast. We'll be it, pros. I, my goal is that it looks like a Japanese game show. Have you ever watched those? There's 9,000 things on the screens at once. That's my yes. goal. Yes, I have, fortunately. Uh, next topic, so hard knocks. Oh, no, let's let's do our oh, announcement. Okay. Dan, hit us with your announcement. So um, probably starting next week, um, a man who is watching right now, Darren Johnston, will be uh, he'll be joining me in the studio, and we're going to be doing a new weekly podcast called Getting Hard. Um <laughs> And basically, getting Pun hard, intended. definitely intended. So basically, me and Dage are going to be rewatching all of the old Hard Knocks and doing about a half-hour podcast every Thursday, uh, going through what happened that week, um, talking about you know what you know when we watched it all, like started in two thousand one. The, there's a lot of storylines now that we can see that are have fully developed and we can go through and kind of say, well, look at this is what happened this week and look what it turned into. And we'll also be going and this will lead into hard knocks Cleveland. When Cleveland starts, uh, the weekly one will be about Cleveland. And then once the season starts, we'll go on hiatus because we'll be doing two weekly podcasts just about the NFL season so that that we don't want to overload you. And then in the off season, we will continue wherever we leave off. I think it'll be halfway through the Chiefs' um, hard knock season, and then we will continue that until we run out. And then we can do all or nothing, and and we'll see where we go. Um, I know Dage is very excited. I see him in the comments. He is super excited. So uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to adding more people to our uh, also in the mix, which is oh, it's going to happen now. Fantasy football podcast. So. That'll be a separate podcast we'll be releasing. So anyone out there who's into their fantasy football, uh, still nailing down the host for that, but we're pretty sure, but we won't announce anything yet. No. Uh, we got that coming as well. So all that and more. And guys, I, I didn't mention at the top, if you want to share or, or follow us, you can go to the Vault Studios on Facebook, Twitter. We have an Instagram now, which is actually uh, Tom, Tommy Arthur's looking after that, doing a great job. Uh, also, you can sign up for our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash the vault studio hear my interview with adelaide full forward josh jenkins um it wasn't just about afl so for all nfl it was about he started as a basketball player he then played afl obviously and he's a mad nfl fan so we talk a lot of nfl during it as well so if you want to tune to that five dollars a month guys it is the cost of a coffee not even probably these days um nothing goes to supporting the podcast so help us out and uh so we can keep continuing to bring you this sort of content um, yep. and we can afford to buy our own memorabilia helmets. Yep. 
<laughs> uh, let's get to the next story. Johnny Manziel has signed in the CFL. Yep, Johnny. The um, the story comeback is it is it happening? It's on possibly. Uh, he signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats up in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I had a look through. Uh, you know, Hamilton. They got a new head coach last season. I don't follow the CFL at all, so this is just what I found on. There's a green website. team that are called the Agronauts or yes, something like the, that. Toronto. Uh, and then uh, the the ones that I would go for, I think, uh, Saskatoon Rough Riders, I believe, is one of them. That's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Is it Saskatchewan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this your indicted moment? <laughs> no. Well, Saskatoon is in Canada. You're in Canada. Okay. Well, you should know. You're from there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So one of the things that about it is Johnny's not guaranteed a job there. Um. His contract is, you know, one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred twenty-two thousand a year, with a couple of small um, signing bonuses and that. But their quarterback is Jeremiah Masoli, who you might recognize. He played at Oregon and then he finished up his college career at Ole Miss. He did. He played at, I think it was the Forty ers for as second string. I think he was for one season and then he went up there. So he just got signed in January for seven hundred thousand a year. Their salary cap is like four and a half million. So obviously Hamilton has put all their money on Jeremiah. Yeah. So Manziel's going up there. If he wins the starting job, maybe he can he can you know come back to the NFL. But I mm-hmm. will say that um, his contract is a two year binding deal. So he's oh. he's in the CFL for two years. Really? Yeah. So there's no escape clause in a CFL contract to go to the NFL. So. Basically, if he doesn't win the job within two years, mm-hmm. why would an NFL team risk it on him? Like, if he can't even hack it in the CFL. Yeah, it seems I would thought he would only be going for one year. It seems like a long time. Like, how, how old is Johnny Manziel? Like, he'd be getting up there now, surely. I'll quickly uh, Google he's, him. He's not too old. He'd be 27 tops. He is... Uh, doesn't say. It will say when I go into Wikipedia. But um, their their uh their new head coach, as I said, um, halfway through the season last year, they they hadn't won a game, and so they fired their coach. The new head coach, he was a six, moderately successful college coach. Yep. He coached at Hawaii and Southern Methodist University. 112 wins, 84 losses. Um, June Jones is his name. He played uh, quarterback in the NFL, I think, as a. He's for only, Atlanta, he's only twenty-five. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, that that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, so he's he's plenty young enough. So he's going into the CFL. Is very if people who don't know the CFL is very different. You have a bigger field. The end zone is twenty yards, not ten yards. The field goal posts are at the front of the end zone. You have an extra player on the field for each team. Yep. You only have three downs. You don't have a fourth down, and your players can move before the snap. Yep. So. It's very offensive driven. Um, still, yeah, it's still like they still run the ball a bit, but it's more governed because you can have your receivers basically taking run ups yep. um, before the snap starts. So it's a little bit like an outdoor arena. It's like a mix between arena football and NFL, I think. Uh, it's exciting to watch. It's high scoring. They get a lot of good players there. A lot of ex Division One college players go there, a lot of ex NFL players go there. Um, a lot of NFL, a lot of guys then make the NFL from college. Uh, recent one, Cameron Wake, he was a, 
uh, Canadian Football League player, and he ended up coming in and having a terrific NFL career. There's been a few over the years, so um, it, it's it's been used as kind of a feeding league to the NFL for a while now, but it's a bit of a different game. Yep. So it should suit him, the style. Yes. More space. Yep. He can move more. Receivers can move more. Uh, interesting to see. It'd be very interesting to see how he goes... Um, you know, controlling himself and keeping himself, on, you know, in line. So Yeah, like I said, he's 25. So two years, it is binding. So two years, in this year, he's only 27 when he 27 when he comes out. If he can win that starting job and show that he's turned a new leaf. He will need to play outstanding to get into the NFL. Yeah. He will need to be like MVP type player there. Yes. So, interesting. He dominated college. So, there's a lot of guys that didn't dominate college that play in the CFL. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, yep. Uh, next storyline, Terrence Williams, the Cowboys wide receiver, got himself in a little bit of hot water. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, what's what's Terrence up to? His so, great mate Dez has been cut. He hasn't got that role model anymore to keep him in line, obviously. So basically, uh, Terrence the other night was uh, driving home, I assume, at, um, I think it was like 2 a.m. or something like that. Driving home in his beautiful blue Lamborghini that I'll uh, post a link to in the uh, comments in a second. Uh, and he somehow managed to crash into a light pole. and Somehow. Somehow managed to crash into a light pole. He then uh, left the scene. The police were called and they shortly after found him riding an electric scooter around the corner because he was close to his house. Um, because of that, he hasn't been charged with a DUI, is my understanding, but he has been charged with like damaging property for hitting the light pole, and then he got public intoxication. Um, he released a statement that you didn't want to hear, so I'm going to read it to you. I haven't heard this. It's, it's a bit candid. <clears throat> he said, I am grateful that no one was injured in the accident. The driver in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I turned to the left and hopped the curb to avoid hitting him. I got his insurance information and my neighbor picked me up when my car could, wouldn't drive. I live right near where the accident occurred, so my neighbor dropped me off and I called a tow truck and took the scooter from my house to go meet the tow truck driver. The police officer, who I have met in the past in the neighborhood, saw me on the scooter and arrested me without performing any sobriety tests. I have always been an upstanding citizen and handled the situation the best way I know how. I apologize if I should have handled it a little bit differently. Uh, I don't think you should leave the scene of an accident, first of all. It's a little sus. It's a little bit weird. A little bit weird. I don't... It's it's a lot sus. Now, I'm going to post something right now in the comments. Uh, first of all, I'm going to show it to you. Uh, I thought that this was hilarious. So I went through his uh, Twitter, and I found this hilarious sponsored ad from less than a month ago, Advertising Lyft. Terrence Williams advertising Lyft. <laughs> Maybe he should have used a Lyft instead of driving home. Can I read it? You can read it. From our training facility in Frisco to dinner out on the weekend, the only way I get to where I'm going is with Lyft. Take a Lyft ride with a code DRAFTDFW this week to enter you for enter for a chance to win the ultimate Dallas football fan package. Hashtag Lyft. Hashtag DFW. Hashtag Sponsored, you know what, Terence? Yes, sponsorship's gone. <laughs> How that that landed back in my lap? Yeah. Uh, his sponsorship's over. Surely they've taken care of that. Uh, you know, it's a bit silly, isn't it? You know, you it's the only way he gets around, except for when he's driving his Lambo, allegedly drunk. Anyway. Whoa, come on, man! No one knows he was drunk. He's a Cowboys player. Cowboys don't do anything wrong. <laughs> 
Um, yes, okay. So clearly he's 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 been a naughty boy. Uh, interesting to see what the NFL do actually if there will be any sort of sanctions because apparently it doesn't matter if you do anything wrong, you can still get suspended, i.e. Ezekiel Elliott last year. Which actually just, this isn't in our news, but I saw today NFL won't be handing down any punishment for Matt Patricia. Yes, I did see that as well, yeah. So let me get this straight. You've got Ezekiel Elliott who the girl has come out and basically said, I, the police have said you're a liar and not press charges. Yep. Yep. But you've got Matt Patricia, who was indicted, got it right? Yes. On charges. And they were only stopped because (laughs) they were only stopped because the police, because the girl pulled out because she didn't want to do it. Yep. Why does Zeke Elliott get suspended for six weeks and Matt Patricia gets nothing? Uh, Well, it would seem to me that. It was more likely that Matt Patricia did something than Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. And I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott shouldn't have been suspended. That's not my point. My point is, it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I would say probably... Um, Timeline? It could be that. Uh, yeah, 20 plus years. It was, yeah. what, 22 years ago or something? I mean... Mm. I, I, there, There isn't an issue with the league that's going to come up. Uh, when is the next CBA up? I think next they can't season. just pick and choose who they suspend yeah, and when they suspend them. And there's definitely going to be a lot of discussion around. Got to be some fine lines. Yeah, the, and it's their fault. Yeah. They they gave all the power to Goodell. Yeah. They were too busy fighting for the training sessions without pads and whatnot. Yeah. And Goodell sat there and went, "Yeah, but I have the final say in everything." And we should note that um, the coaches are under different guidelines. They have a different 100%. CBA. So obviously, there's maybe their CBA is better than the players yeah it could be something like that mm. it's, it's very interesting and i don't i don't think he should be suspended it was 22 years ago um but no. you're just a bitter cowboys fan yeah pretty and the same with tom brady it's ex- i'm gonna bring in these patriots guys <laughs> Patri- <laughs> oh look we've just gone to a million views <laughs> patriots guy it's the same with tom brady like he allegedly did something so good at, it's just a bit of a power trip and it's interesting i would have thought yes. that goodell would have tried to force some power into this situation but he hasn't uh, so that's Terrence Williams. He's in a bit of strife. Uh, next one is it's it's a bit of sad news and a bit of happy news, I guess. Yes. Or you know, so there was obviously another shooting in Santa Fe, Texas, which is awful. Um, Dan, we do joke, but you are an American. And it's a yep. very very I, Australians don't get it, we, and we never will get it because we don't have the same laws. And I don't want to get too deep into that sort of thing because. It is what it is, and we can't really change anything um, from Australia. It's hard. But what we can do is highlight a guy like JJ Watt, who I think was it 12, 12 children who died. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, apparently, the, the mayor of Santa Fe blamed doors yeah. and video games over guns um, and the fact that they'd let God go in, yeah. the, in the schools. Yeah. Um, we won't get too political. <laughs> um, JJ Watt is paying for all their funerals. Offered to pay for all the funerals. Um, pretty amazing. We all saw what he did last season to raise money after, uh, what was it, Maria? Hurricane Maria. That, yeah. Um, like, Katr- what do I want to say Katrina? Cause no, that was, one ever that was New that Orleans. Was ages yeah. Back. yeah. But is there a more stand-up guy in the NFL right now? He, like, in hard knocks, he was fucking unbearable. Cause yeah. he, but he obviously is just a genuinely good human. Yeah. Like, he obviously really cares about his communities and... Um, I can't say anything but nice things about him. He's he is, you know, a guy who has the position to do things that he can. Yeah, and with his, you know, that that Houston fundraising, like, what did he raise? Something like 
it's like double digit million. Yeah, it was, was. I think it was like eight or nine million. It was in a lot, yeah. And he raised something like one point two million dollars in an hour yeah. just from posting it and saying yeah. everyone get around it, um, which was amazing. And then he's doing this again just to, you know, for those families that have just lost their children, which is awful and it must be the worst time in their lives ever. I guess that small relief to have. Uh, someone come in and just say, you know what, don't worry about the cost of anything. I'm going to take care of all of it. That's probably something not only, it's not, never going to take their mind off what happened, but it's a bit of an ease of mind of what they're going to do with that situation too because who knows if they've got the money to pay for this sort of stuff. So, yes, it's, um, yeah, it's JJ Watt being an absolutely outstanding human being. Yep. Which he tends to do a lot, I have to admit. I agree. Um, so, I guess we'll... Swap it around and we will, um, I suppose, get on our knees or... I'm not getting on my knees for nobody. The only time I'm getting on my knees for Ruben Foster is if he's running down to try and hit me. <laughs> then I'm dropping into fetal position and cowering. Great segue. So I, I suppose if you haven't heard already, uh, myself and Jay probably owe our number one fan, Ruben Foster, an apology. Uh, turns out uh, that his now ex-girlfriend is a complete complete liar and sorry horsey just i think you sent you saw the same yeah. picture he just yeah, sent I told, us. Him, I told him to post it oh he's the best uh, so basically uh the girl the the ex-girlfriend has now basically said she made it all up um she admitted this on the stand and uh we obviously kind of jumped to conclusions it's hard not to when in this day and age um and i know i'm just disappointed that you know, someone would do that. I think it just sets everything back. I think what made me so certain that it happened is that I had seen the pictures of her and she was beaten up. Yes. Now, I guess the fact that she's had a fight with another girl the night before, how, how can you take that in? Like, surely no one thinks, like no one thought that Reuben Foster was telling the truth. Especially with his past issues he's had. He hasn't been the most well-behaved man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think to what it's worth to Reuben Foster, we, we owe you an apology. We're very sorry. We jumped to conclusions and he's, sorry, he's 100% in the right. And she's, to be perfectly honest, and I'd say this the same thing if it, if it was a man that did the same thing. She, I think I called him a piece of shit. She's, she's a piece of shit doing yeah. that to someone. And she's come out in the court and basically said, I did this to try and ruin his career because yeah. he dumped me. Yeah, and she that is disgusting. On her way out, she like stole a bunch of Rolexes and stuff. And oh, she's a piece of shit. And then told him, told people that he was trying to pay her off with the Rolexes that she stole. Yeah. Um, no, Ruben Foster's not the most innocent person ever. He still is. In, he's got that gun charge, which is potentially still there. We'll find out on Tuesday. I reckon and he'll he'll be playing this year though. Yeah. Well, the other thing to remember too is that he has a court case in June in Alabama over the marijuana issue, so he will be suspended. Yeah, okay. Because of the marijuana, because he unless they drop those charges, which I don't see them dropping it, um, he's gonna get at least whatever it is for the controlled substance, like two two games or whatever. But um I don't see them suspending him over over this issue. Yeah, no. Uh, the marijuana he'll probably get four games. Yep. That's what but it's for. Yeah, right? I can't see first time offenders four. Is it yeah, yeah. Second times eight. And third time season, I'm pretty sure. Feel free to correct me in the in the chat if if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, look, I think that's great for 49ers fans. It's great for 49ers fans. It's a good look for the organization because basically every commentator, ourselves included, was just bagging out 
the organization saying, why don't you just ditch him? Well, they backed, they obviously wanted to make sure, because if if they'd gone and cut him and then this came out and then he's now a free agent, there's no way he's going back to the 49ers. No. He'd be saying, oh, screw you guys. I'll go to the Cowboys. Yep. (laughs) I'd be happy. And, um, yeah, sorry. It's good they stuck by him. I think yeah, it's great. often you see an organization jump to conclusions and normally they're right. Yeah. This time everyone was bagging them for not doing that. And when they looked into it properly, they turned out that he was telling the truth. So obviously he went to them and said, this is the situation and he had a believable case. Yep. So nothing wrong with that organization well, sticking by their guy. And with the one other quick thing I noticed in one of the articles I read is mm-hmm. that um, when he went to court the other day, um, I think it was Monday, uh, Richard Sherman accompanied him to court. Oh, the Richard Simmons is a smart guy. I went to Stanford. He did go to Stanford, but I just thought it was good that he's in his new team and he's obviously trying to take leadership position already, being a kind of... I could learn a lot from a there. guy like Richard Sherman because yeah. I'm sure Richard Sherman would admit that he's made some mistakes yep. in the past. Not uh, off-field. He's been very clean off-field, never yes. had an issue, but he's probably done some things he's not proud of. You know, the stuff with Crabtree. I'm sure a guy like that looks back and goes, you know what? I beat him. I didn't really need to carry on like that. Stuff yeah. like that, you know? So, I just thought it was, you know, for it's a good guy to see. Pressure the team. I thought it was a pretty stand-up thing to do. Yeah, let's finish the news on a bit of a funny note. I a funny, I suppose. <laughs> this guy is bizarre. So Richie Incognito, the outstanding left guard for the Buffalo Bills, he is now being cut by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he was on their retirement uh, list. Yeah, their uh, reserve slash retired list. Yes, he said he was going to come out of retirement. So they've released him. So yep. Richie Incognito is now a free agent. Yes. Dan, give everyone a bit of a background on what he's been up to on social media in the last few weeks. So just in the last like month and a half, um, he fired his agent on Twitter. He hired a new agent on Twitter. He announced his retirement on Twitter. He then announced his unretirement on Twitter. Um, it kind of covers the main ones. Um, one thing I noticed that uh, he didn't take up by becoming a free agent, unless he plans on re-signing with Buffalo, um, LaShawn McCoy offered him $300,000 to stay at Buffalo. Did you see that? Really? On Instagram, he offered him $300,000 to stay at Buffalo, but McCoy had to get 1,500 yards rushing. McCoy's only done that one out of the last nine seasons. So, Richie's, he's Richie's like, no. good business decision. Yeah. No, I'm not I, I'm not going to get that 300. And Buffalo aren't going to be a great offensive line this year because no. they got rid of Cordy Glenn, now Incognito. They're their two best. Yep. Robert Woods retired due to neck or back injuries. Um, injuries, not itcheries. I was about to say issues, but then I said injuries and got the two words. That's, so, itcheries yep. works. Itcheries, issues, injuries. Is that, is that your word for the week? Yep. Uh don't indict me on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think they're gonna like, they're gonna be down the bottom this year. Yeah, they're gonna be down the bottom. But uh, for him, um, I could see him getting picked up somewhere. I oh mean, yeah, he's it, other than his you know potential issues with uh, potentially CTE or something like that, or just being Let, a weird dude. Let's um, discuss that. He is a prime candidate for something like that. That CTE stuff because he is the position that. It affects the most. He has some outrageous comments and does some outrageous things. Uh, I just think he's a very bizarre guy. Yeah, he could just be a weird weird unit. It's always possible. Bit of a Brick Wellington, you could say. Yeah, a bit of a Brick Wellington. But, you know, he... I don't know. 
it just he's just kind of strange and maybe he has it um I also just wanted to say that uh, there's definitely teams out there that would be interested in him. Uh, if not, I thought maybe Netflix could make a documentary about him and they could call it uh, CTE and me, the Richie Incognito <laughs> story. That would be very good. Right? We should pitch them that. They'd probably go with it. And you know Richie will do it. And if he won't, he'll just he'll quit on Twitter so we will never have to see him. Yeah, exactly. That, w- that would be very interesting. I- I'd watch that. Yeah. CTE and me. Very good. Uh, okay, well, that's... There was one the, other. Um, what have you got? We had a comment. Oh, hit me with it. Um, it's very hard to get the video up on the iPad. Yeah, I got the video. So, um, Scott Dickcham, um, he oh, yeah. wanted to know if there's From the any, Mountain Wolves? Yep. Uh, he wanted to know if we have any Gotsis updates. Um, I haven't come across any. Um, have you Have you seen anything about Gotsis? No, I think no news is good news at the moment. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard... There's literally been no articles written. No, I haven't seen anything I'm on Twitter. I'm too scared to send him a message to ask. <laughs> I met, I, he kicked my ass at football once, then I had an interview with him once. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping it blows over. Uh, but we'll find out soon, I guess. Um, interesting to see what happens there, because even if the charges are dropped or they're found untrue, like that's pretty much what happened with Elliot, and then the NFL could just come in and suspend him anyway. Yep. You just don't know... What's going to happen there? But yeah, Scott, no news whatsoever on it. And I've been looking looking for updates. Um, his Twitter's been silent. Denver Broncos haven't mentioned it. I would say at this point, no news is good news. I know he's been training and he's, yeah. at, he's at the facility and he's doing everything right at, at the OTAs. They start tomorrow, but he's been doing everything um, from what I can see. So uh, hopefully it's a similar case with Ruben Foster there that it comes out that it, it might, might not be true. Yep. Um, so we're, we're, we are... Um not going to jump to conclusions on this one. I don't think I'll ever jump to conclusions again. No, I I, I feel like I got egg on my face, to be honest. You I'm look sorry. like you got egg on your I'm face, s- too. Sorry, Ruben. I just haven't shaved. I just hope now. Ruben never um, comes to, you know, make me apologize in person. <laughs> he would be truly terrifying yes. human being. Uh, I guess the good thing is for that as well is that one of the best young linebackers in the league gets to play football. We don't lose a guy. Um, like I said, we discuss all the time. I don't want good players off the field. I love them playing. So uh, that's what we're always after. Guys, that's pretty much it for the live show tonight. Yep. We do have James Doino coming on. That'll be on the podcast, which you can download from iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, the Vault Studio NFL podcast, it's called. So you can you can get that. But that's it for the live show tonight. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. This will be a weekly feature now. Yep. We'll be getting better and better at every week. If there was any technical difficulties tonight, guys, if we if you notice anything that was slightly off, please let us know because week it's really hard for us to tell, and we would like you to tell us so we can fix things. As I said this is. You know, we've been doing podcasts for a while, but we're very new at this uh, videoing stuff, so we're going to be getting better at it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if you notice anything, please feel free to let us know. Uh, thanks to Brick Wellington. I know we give him a bit of a hard time, but thank you for the lending of the helmets until we can get some more memorabilia. He is watching at the moment too. Good on you, Brick. Yep. Shelf made by JA. Yep. It's uh, just, just a bit of wood, guys. A bit of wood with some stain on it. And um, yeah, All I right. think that's it. Uh, just don't go chasing field goals. <laughs> we are we, we we won't won't play out the in, the outro because it will be in the uh podcast version so please bot download that last little plug guys patreon.com.au.com forward slash the vault studio interview with josh jenkins i surprised myself with how serious i was for half an hour 
everyone who's listened to it have actually contacted me and said, how did you do that? How did you have such a serious interview? So it's it's not really a dicking around interview. It's very in-depth. We go through his whole career. Also uh, dive a little bit into when his uh, coach was tragically murdered, basically halfway through an AFL season. Um, Phil Walsh, if people want to look it up. So uh, you know, a bit of somberness there as well, but just a really good interview and a, a terrific guy who we, I can hope I can have on again at some point. Um, to even do some writing or something for us because he's studying to be a journalist. So uh, that's it for the live stream tonight. Joining us up next for the podcast will be James Doino. We'll just go to uh, a short break and we'll be straight into that. Hi guys, JA here. Make sure you all head over to our Patreon page and sign up. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash the vault studio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the vault studio. For only $5 a month, you can receive a bonus podcast and help support the studio so we can continue to bring you all of our great podcasts and content. Enjoy the show. Joining me now is James Doino from Bleed Big Blue, an outstanding uh, New York Giants page from New York City himself. James, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Good evening to you guys. Good morning to me. Glad to be on the show again. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. It's we, we, we had you in uh, last year when we did a New York Giants season preview, which was fantastic. But I thought I had to get you back on because I keep up to date with all your stuff. And um, as a Cowboys fan, obviously, I can't stand the Giants and vice versa, I'm sure, with yourself. But I, I really wanted vice to versa. discuss the, the Giants offseason. I think um, if, if you just start with the ins, you've got Nate Solder, who they paid a lot of money for. Jonathan Stewart, who was a, it's probably it's probably unfair to call him an average back last year. It's probably unfair to average backs. And um, Patrick Omahe from the Jacksonville Jaguars, another offensive lineman. They're kind of the big ins. Have you got any thoughts on, on those moves so far? Um, I, I am. Um, if, if, if you follow all the Giants fans and uh, pages, and there, there's a lot of excitement um, surrounding this team right now. I am not one of those uh, who who hold the same excitement. And I've been called uh, Captain Negative. I've been called uh, a black cloud. But but I, I try to, and I think when I was on with you guys last year, I, I think that you know you guys sensed my passion. But it was like more objective. Like there there's questions that need to be answered, and just because these guys put on blue jerseys doesn't change the player they are. So let's not get wrapped up in you know the hype of the New York Giants, and let's look at everything objectively. That being said, you know, Solder is obviously an upgrade at left tackle. It gives Flowers an opportunity to move over to the right side where I think he would probably be a better fit. I think that probably was, you know, where a lot of people anticipated he would end up when he was drafted. Uh, but, you know, Solder, let, let's talk what they, they overpaid for him. He's a good, solid player, but he's never been an all-pro. No. So while you're getting an upgrade, look at the contract that you just entered into. Uh, I, I think the same thing with Stewart. I, I think you look at Stewart, he's obviously regressed. It's not 2012 or 13 anymore. Uh, there's a lot of tread on those tires. Um, you know, he, he fumbles the ball a lot. I think it's obvious when he's in the game what it's going to be. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. Um, so I, I think, with, and even Omaha, I, I think that he's a, you know, good player. But, you know, I, I, I think what's going on here is there's a, with the Giants, is there's a sense that this team is a lot closer in the front office and with management than, than I think, in my opinion, than they really are. And I think what you're seeing is a team that's trying to um, win and, and sell their soul to the devil, so to speak, to win in a short period of time to appease a 37-year-old quarterback that's making $22 million. And I think 
that when you're making decisions based on sentimental value and resumes and things of that nature, I think that's a dangerous game to be played in the NFL. And, you know, much like last year with Flowers when they decided he was going to be their guy and Hart was going to be their guy, you know, I came on your show, I said they better be right. Well, you know, when you look at the all-season moves they made, if you're going to play like this, it's Super Bowl or bust, and you better be right or you're, you know, you just cost your franchise long term. So... And in, That's how I feel about it. And in, in, <laughs> yeah, in, in hindsight, they they were wrong because Manning wasn't able to uh, play at a high level. Um, he was okay at times, which I think is pretty fair, um, but didn't play at a high level at all. Um, you then had you know the bringing in Brandon Marshall that failed gloriously. He looked completely uninterested. Um, obviously, OBJ his injuries um, affected the season, missing a lot of the year. But did, do you find Bryant's, sorry, Beckham's maturity to be an issue? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you don't, you're kidding yourself, right? I mean, you, for a guy to come out and say, and, and I think that, let, let me clarify something. You can be a diehard Giant fan and still, you know, ask these questions objectively. And and I think when you take a step back and you take the, the blue blinders off and you look at it, you say, all these other guys from Beckham's draft class and around that time, wide receivers, running backs, things of that nature, guys going into their second contract, those contracts have been done. Why? Well, because those guys haven't been put their front office in a position where they've had a question giving them long-term money. I think that if you look at OBJ compared to some of the other guys talent-wise, you say to yourself, he's probably better than some of those guys, right? So what's what's the reason why he's not re-signed and that this whole thing is an issue? Is it the injury? I don't think it's the injury because I, I think if you look at that injury, there's a pretty good chance he's coming back 100%. So what is it? It's obviously the stuff off the field. It's the maturity issue. And Mara and front office really feel like maybe they want to see something for a long period of time, for a whole season of this kid behaving, no boat trips, no anything. I think it would be nice for the front office to, to and the coaching staff to have to answer questions about what OBJ does positively on the field, right? So the, the fact that he's a matchup nightmare, the fact that he may be one of the best route runners in the league, that he's a huge play just waiting to happen and not have to answer questions about this, that, and the other thing, I think that would put them in a position where they'd feel okay to give him that money. But, like, he's showing up to OTAs and everybody wants to praise him. Like, it's going to take more than that for me, after the, the litany of things that are on that list, to say, okay, let's give this guy 18 to $20 million. So I think that it's definitely a concern. Are you encouraged by the steps that he's taken over the course of the last couple of months? I mean, if you put away the I – mean, that's the thing. It's like you look at the last couple of months or two months, and you say, okay, you know, he, he looks good. He's at OTAs. He's coming. He's working hard. But if you go back three months, there's a video of him on a bed in Paris with Coke and a blunt. So, yep. I, I mean – you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. I think that he really has to perform this season and keep his nose clean, pardon the pun, so to speak, uh, it, it, for long term. Get the you know put the numbers up, do what he can do, keep the questions on the field as opposed to off it, and he'll get paid. But it's definitely a concern. You're kidding yourself if it's not. Yeah, and I think that you know those photos ever since really, which I think got blown out, but the, the photo on the boat, which that got blown out of proportion in my opinion. But ever since then. It's kind of been a bit of a downhill spiral. You know, he had the fight with the net on the sideline, which I know turned around to kind of be funny in the end, but it, it was only funny because he was an idiot to start it with. Wasn't, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't funny. Like, I, I watch that stuff and I, like, I, like, I dry heave. Like, it makes me sick that somebody in a Giants uniform is doing that on the sideline. I mean, I just, 
I, I don't like it. Um, I, I was never like I don't think you win with diva wide receivers. Like I, I've I've seen the Giants win Super Bowls with names like you know Lionel Manuel and you know Phil McConkey and Mark Ingram and Stephen Baker. Like I think that if you have a solid team, like you can get by with you know certain type of wide receivers. So I I, I think that stuff takes away from the team and the focus of the team. I think it's I, I think this whole thing started with the episode in Carolina. Uh, where they came out with the bats and they got on his head and he flipped out. I, I think he's been enabled um, a lot by the franchise, and I think it's come back to bite them now where they're in a position where they have to play poker, you know, and, and for his contract. Um, but, you know, uh, it's all going to fall on him. If he shows up and he shuts his mouth and he plays, the talent is undeniable. Um, I, I've said from day one on our podcast that the only person, in my opinion, that can stop Odell Beckham Jr. is Odell Beckham Jr., uh, I, you know, and I, I try to look at these things objectively, not based on the jersey they wear. And, and I got to tell you, he's a phenomenal talent. He's probably, you know, one of the top two or three wide receivers in the league, when 100% healthy and, and focused and playing his game. But you know, you need to see that for a full 16 game season. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got you know a, a couple other guys left: um, Justin Pugh, Wesson Richburg, yeah, good good offensive lineman. I think the big name there is um, JPP, who was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Will you miss him on that line? I think you're going to. I mean, I think. See, here's the thing, right? So I'm another. I'm a. I'm a guy who's a little bit of addition by subtraction. Like I think sometimes if you get rid of a problem, like maybe the team will get better as a whole. Uh, I was one of the sole people that celebrated when Tiki Barber left the team, um, and everybody said, "Where are they going to get the offense from?" And I said, "You know, it's addition by subtraction. They end up winning a Super Bowl the next year." Now, I am not saying the New York Giants are winning a Super Bowl next year. I don't think the roster is close. Um, but, you know, I think that in reference to um, – and what, what, were, what were you just saying? I'm sorry, something at work happened and I just got distracted. What were we just talking about? <laughs> That's right. Just, obviously, Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg, the offensive line. Yeah, well. like, uh, the JPP. Like I, I don't, like, I think that this team needed a complete overhaul. Like, I think JPP was a little bit of addition by subtraction. Uh, I, I think JPP is a solid player. Um, but I think this defense, considering they were 29th in sacks, I think there's huge question marks on this defense – um, I don't think they'll really miss JPP in the locker room, uh, but I think you're going to miss his talent on the field a little bit. I don't think that they really did a, you know, a, a great job of replacing the pass rush. And I got concerns about the depth of this defense. Now, I, I don't have problems with them shaking it up on the offensive line and letting certain people go. I think this team needed new blood. They need to be invigorated. I just question some of the moves that the front office has made, including the draft. It seems like they're building – a team that they feel is ready to win and compete for a Super Bowl right now. And, and I just don't think the roster is deep enough or close enough to compete deep into January. And, uh, you know, they, they better be right. Again, they're, they're, they're playing some poker and they better be right with the decisions they're making. Well, again, I guess if we move into draft day, I guess what you saw with the second overall pick in the draft, honestly, in my mind, I thought they were going to take Bradley Chubb after getting rid of JPP. Um, but, you yeah, know, you're saying that they're playing some poker right now and taking Barkley, although he yeah. is one of the most talented guys in the draft, there's no doubt about that, but it seems like a risky pick with the other guys that were around there. Yeah, well, I, I think that when you look at – and, and let me get this straight because everybody calls me a Barkley hater. I'm not a Barkley hater, okay? I, I think I think Saquon Barkley is a tremendous football player. I think he's a matchup nightmare, but um, I think he's a three-down back. I have questions about if he can run through the tackle and be that guy and like with four minutes left that's running out the clock and churning out the clock a little bit. I have questions about that. But 
again, his talent is undeniable. My question was this, if and, and, and I pose this question to a lot of Giant fans. If it was the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Redskins that were in the same situation that the Giants were in, and they chose to take a running back with the second pick as opposed to a quarterback or Bradley Chubb or trade the pick, and they took Barkley with the same roster that we have, switch uniforms, you'd be laughing at them. So you know, if you look at this objectively, Saquon Barkley is a player, you can't argue with his talent. But when you look at the Giants' roster as a whole, you, the, the, the pick speaks to we think we're close enough to win a Super Bowl now, and Barkley's the missing piece. You're paying Barkley as a rookie running back the fourth highest salary amongst running backs in the NFL. That's a risky proposition because you're also paying a 37-year-old quarterback $22 million, and you also have to re-sign Beckham. So now you have three positions that are making a ton of money against a hard cap where are you fielding the rest of this roster during the course of this two to three year run? Um, I, I, again, they're making decisions for a very small window, and when you do that, you know that you better answer those questions with a Super Bowl title. Or three to four years down the line, you're going to be looking at Bradley Chubb probably going into his prime. Quarterbacks like Rosen, Darnold, guys like that probably getting better and going into their prime, and you're going to be debating whether you want to give a fourth or fifth year running back a lot of you know a second contract, look at the Le'Veon Bell situation. So, again, uh, this pick was made, in my, in my opinion, the first round pick was made for the short term, and we're going to see exactly what happens uh, long term out of it. If, if, if you're in the room and you get to make that decision, you're the GM, who do you take with that number two pick? Um, I would have had to see, to be honest with you, like uh, the news that came out, we were live on draft night, and I had an aneurysm. Because it wasn't really the Barkley pick that, that destroyed me. What it was was when the news came out that um, after Mayfield was picked, that Gettleman just shut off the phones. Yeah. Like, it was to, like, poor to me, management. To, yeah, yeah like, like poor management, man. Like, like I get that you love the player, but you don't know what those offers are for Darnold. You don't know what's coming in for that. And I was always of the, the – and while I probably on the board would have picked Darnold um, – I, my guys would have been either Darnold or Chubb, uh, yeah. without a doubt. And there would have been a reason for that. I mean, look at the salaries that you're paying those quarterbacks and the defensive ends on the rookie contracts and the production you're getting out of them or what you can get out of them down the line as opposed to paying a, a quarterback with that second pick. Um, if, if you take Darnold, I, 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 think I, I, I would have probably, I probably would have traded back. I think that I would have probably, if the phones were on and I got a bevy of an offer, even if that was from Buffalo, if I didn't love one of the quarterbacks, I probably would have ended up dealing and, and trading back at that point. Me, myself, I would have taken Darnold. I think that it was a perfect situation for him to learn behind Eli for a year or two and, and set this franchise up for long term. But you know, they, they chose otherwise. And you know, we're going we're gonna to find out, man. I, I got questions about this defense and this roster. But uh, you know, apparently they think they're a lot closer than 3-13. and 13. So we'll and I, see. I think on a, on a positive note, their second round pick, number 34, Will Hernandez. I love yes. that pick from them. I think they've really got a, a good one there. Yeah, I think when you look at the draft, right? I mean, uh, if you looked at this, if, in my opinion, if you look at the great value of the draft, you're looking at primarily those second and third round picks where they got Hernandez and Carter. You really can't comply. I had a first round grade on Hernandez. Uh, I thought that kid, um, I think he's going to be a tremendous pro. Uh, I think he can play the left guard or the right guard, and you stick him in at day one, and he can play there immediately. Uh, he improves your run game. 
Uh, he improves your pass game immediately. The, the protection seems like he gets it in reference to what it means to be a giant. The, his professionalism at such a young age, his work ethic is great. Uh, I got you know no. I mean you can't sit here and complain about that pick. I love the, I love the third round pick as well. I love Carter. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a a good player as well. But I'm not going to sit here. Uh, like some Giant fans, and tell you that I think he can step in and lead the team in sacks in on you know the first year. I think that Carter is going to be a good player down the line. But you know, anytime a guy's taken in the third round, while you think he can contribute now, you know, there's going to be a progression and a learning curve there as well. Um, so I, I like the upside of Carter. I think that was a solid pick as well. I don't get the Laletta pick whatsoever. Um, but I guess that's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah, it it seemed like a bit of a bizarre pick, but I, I certainly think you know Barkley is going to be a very good player, and I agree with you. I hated the way Gettleman managed the draft. I think the fact that when it came out that he didn't take any calls, I heard so many people say, "Oh, good on him, sticking to his pick." You know, he wanted Barkley and he got him. And my mindset was, "What a fucking moron!" Like you don't know yeah. what teams were offering you. You don't listen. What if Buffalo were offering you, know, I, you just a, a I don't, massive you know, deal? The thing that James, the thing that killed me, and I literally, I, I literally was like, I was going nuts. Like I, I literally was going crazy on on the podcast because to come out and say the minute Baker was cho- chosen, our pick was in. Like to me, the minute Mayfield was chosen, that's when you tell everybody in the room, turn your phones on. Yeah, Darnold's on the board. Like what? Like I don't, I don't understand it. When they said that the pick would have been in at the eight-minute mark, I, I, I think that there's a sense of arrogance with Gettleman a little bit. He's made some off-the-cuff comments that the New York media really hasn't followed up on about maybe people rolling their eyes in the room when he's trying to you know, make the case for Barkley over going long-term with a quarterback and not every. I, I don't know if there was a, a disagreement in that back room, but he apparently has the final say. They are comfortable with him making the decisions and. You know, you know, you saw it in Carolina. Uh, you know, he, his resume. You know, and they had a little success there, but you know, a, a lot of people he rubbed the wrong way. So we're going to see exactly, you know, how this thing pans out. But and, I, and I he's a guy that got how they're thinking. He's a guy that got Carolina into big trouble with contracts. You know, Jonathan Stewart, who's now on your roster, he got given way too big a deal by Gettleman. Um, there was oh, yeah. there was plenty of guy. He really mismanaged the Carolina Panthers and set them back a couple of year, a couple of years. So well, it's, it, it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see how he what he does there now. And I think I think that he did that because he tried to win. The, I, 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 you try to win in the NFL every year, right? I mean, well, let's not kid ourselves. Like the goal is to win every year. But I think if you're a general manager, you have to look at some things objectively and say, okay, is our window really right now, and where is our team? And I, I think in Carolina, he made a lot of decisions based on trying to win a Super Bowl the next year, the next year, the next year. Uh, I thought the McCaffrey pick last year at eight was a huge reach. I mean, I you're taking a third, you're taking a third, uh, a third down back yeah. in, in 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 the top ten in the draft. Uh, you know, and and that's what concerned me about Barkley a little bit is like if you. I don't think that he's an Ezekiel Elliott type back that you can you know give the ball 400 times. Now is he going to catch the ball? Yes, yep. he's going to make some catches. He's going to create some matchup problems. He gives you problems like that. But I'm not drafting for a PPR league, gentlemen. You know, I'm trying to put another tro- trophy in the case. So uh, I-, I got questions. I- you can't argue with Barkley's talent, but when you look at the roster as a whole, was it really a smart decision? Uh, they think they're close to a Super Bowl. I remind Giant fans, no team has ever gone 3-13 and and gone to the Super Bowl the following year. 
they throw Jacksonville in my face that they made it to the AFC Championship last year. Uh, and I say, let's wait and see. Well, let, let's be perfectly honest. The AFC wasn't the strongest conference. Let's just yeah, when, leave it at that. Yeah, when you look at the when you look at the NFC and you look at the teams that the Giants are pretty much, you, you think that if they're going to compete for anything, right, and you, you want to try to put a blue lining on this thing, you say to yourself, you know, can this team compete for a wild card? And when you look at some of the other teams in the league in the NFC, I don't know that the roster is deep enough, you know, to, to compete for that. I think there's going to be a transition when you switch from a, a 4-3 to a 3-4. Certain guys are going to be standing up now that were, that were you know, hand on the ground last year. I think there needs to be a transition. You're going to go through this season and realize some guys can make this transition, some guys can't. And then you're going to have to, you know, draft to improve the defense and fill those needs, etc. So I I think that to think that they're just going to, you know, flip a light switch at the beginning of the season and be able to turn this things on, especially with the opening schedule that they have, uh, you know, the, the, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, to see how it how it pans out. They got a lot of tough games, and if they don't come out strong out of the box, the the media is going to have a field day with this with this ball club. Yeah, absolutely, and I think they've they've set that up for themselves. So we'll, as I, as you said, time will tell. James, thanks so much for coming on with us tonight, mate. I really appreciate it. It's always good to have hey, you. Hey, my show. pleasure. Get a good night's sleep, guys. I'm sure I'll talk to you guys again. Um, and again, you guys can follow us at uh, bleedbigblue.com, at bleedbigblue on Twitter, and uh, you can follow Captain Negative at the trifecta24. Uh, <laughs> I urge all Twitter. people hey, to guys, follow you on Twitter, James. It is incredibly oh entertaining. They, they, I get lambasted on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. But it's you know great. What? It's all in good fun. So uh, uh, good luck this season, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, James. And thanks again to James for coming on. Absolutely outstanding. I, I do urge all people to go and follow him. His tweets are very entertaining and the responses he gets uh, sometimes even better. Uh, that's it for the show tonight, guys. Everyone who, streamed, who everyone, everyone who watched the live stream, I hope you came on and listened to the podcast too to hear James. Um, you can, as I said, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at The Vault Studio. Uh, you can rate, like, subscribe. And guys, please share this around. And for the last time, patreon.com forward slash the vault studio. Not only do you get the bonus podcast, which this month was Josh Jenkins, Adelaide Football Club star forward, but you help the podcast uh, continue to grow. And we have big plans. We want to bring more live videos. We want to make it a lot more interactive. So the more you guys can help us out, the more we can bring. So if you can spare the $5 a month, we would absolutely love it. If not, there also is a $1 per month sign up, which you don't get the bonus podcast, but it's just about signing up to help out the podcast. So feel free to use that too. We will certainly not shy away. And if you can't either way, just continue to listen and continue to share it around, guys. Um, you'll hear from me next week. Uh, obviously, Dan left earlier before the interview. So thanks to Dan for, for being back. It was great to have him back from Singapore. You'll still hear him next week again and see him on the video. Uh, and I think I'm going to have to do it for him tonight. Don't go chasing field goals. Thanks for listening to the NFL Podcast, brought to you by the Vault Studio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more, head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And for the latest news, search for The Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter.